Hi, and welcome to another episode of Overthink with Brittany. I am Brittany, your host, and hopefully you can hear it in my voice. I'm feeling good. It's been a good weekend. I feel a tad bit rested, which is great. I'm getting back into my groove, so we're coming, y'all. We're coming. I still am a bit overwhelmed with everything that I have going on in my life, but I'm taking it day by day. I'm staying in prayer. I am keeping up with my meditating, all of that good stuff. Honestly, I've been kind of holding off on this topic. And I know you guys have heard me say a lot. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about this. And I think it's about time we go ahead and talk about it. And what better way than to use the movie, as you can see in the title, that I just saw recently. Now, keep in mind, this is old. This came out, let me see what date that was, in September of 2022. So around towards the end of last year, this was released in the movie theaters. Now, I remember seeing previews and thought, hmm, this might be interesting to see. But for some reason or another, I never got around to seeing it. Not quite sure why, but over the holiday break, I watched this and I figure now it's a good time to go ahead and talk about it. Why you say? Well, because Beyonce just announced her Renaissance tour. And as you know, whenever Beyonce comes out of hiding, whenever she does anything, she can breathe, the world stops, right? So all everyone has been talking about lately is this tour. Now, I can't even be mad at myself for not getting tickets because I already knew it was coming. And one thing I know about Beyonce, especially living in Georgia, she always comes to Atlanta during the summer. I've seen her twice before. Every time it's either July, August, she always comes at the same time. So to my Beehive members who have never got to see her and are always scrambling for tickets, just know she always goes to Atlanta during the summer, okay? <laughs> But the reason this correlates is because now that she has this tour coming, we're now back to talking about her and the Illuminati, right? And her devil worship and her conjuring music and her being a witch and following Oshun and all of these different things. So I said, hmm, this is a sign that you need to go ahead and talk about religion, Brittany, because you keep saying you're going to do it and you haven't. And again, I've shied away from it a little bit because I know it's going to ruffle some feathers as with most things, but it's something about religion that really gets people going. And I think this Honk for Jesus movie <laughs> honestly puts things in such a perspective for me that I hope you all are able to receive. Let's just say this. Now, tad a bit of a sidebar here because I just looked at the imdb website to find out when this movie came out i think it's interesting that one of the production companies listed on here is pinky promise hmm if you don't know what pinky promise is look that up that that's all i'm gonna say because i don't even want to get deep into that but look that up i think that's very interesting that they're listed as a production company maybe this is an error i don't know but I don't believe in errors too much. I, I think a lot of things work in some sort of alignment or another. Whether we really understand what that means or not, it does. 
And honestly, that's how me and my beliefs work. That's how my spirituality works. But let's go ahead and first talk about the movie Honk for Jesus. Now, it is starring Regina Hall and Sterling K. Brown, the guy who was the dad on This Is Us, which was an amazing show. I hate it ended, but to me personally, this is an unlikely pair, but maybe that's just me. I think that's what actually made me a bit intrigued to see how they do together on camera. They just seem to be two different actors. They don't tend to do the same type of stuff together as you would usually see. So that's what initially caught my eye. And let me correct this really quick. Starling K. Brown was the black dad. So he was one of the triplets, so to speak. So, so for those who haven't seen it, I don't want to ruin it for you. But yeah, he wasn't the dad, but he was one of the triplets. Let's just go with that. But for starters, this movie is a satire. So it's very important to mention that because going into it, if you're not sure of what this is, you may immediately take offense if you're one of those people. But a satire is pretty much meant to exaggerate and put a humorous spin on people's stupidity for the most part, because that's what it is. And so it picks fun at the Christian community for the most part and the black church. So I know I already lost a couple of you there just by saying picking fun at Christianity and the black church. And a lot of this is probably going to be a bit satirical as well. So you'll hear the sarcasm in my voice because I do believe that this is a thing. It is a whole community, which is why this movie was successful as it was. It actually made, well, I think it said $1.6 million opening week. For this to not have been a very popular movie, that's pretty good. So somebody was interested in seeing it. Let's just go with that. But again, it picks fun at the black church. And if you look at it, I don't want to really spoil it too much just in case those people out there who are still wanting to see it haven't seen it quite yet. But it's loosely based, I would say, on the story of Bishop Eddie Long in Atlanta. So if you remember that story and all the things he was accused of before he then passed away, then that's pretty much what this picks fun at. And honestly, I almost feel bad for saying that, but it's just kind of the synopsis of the storyline of the character. So Sterling K. Brown is the pastor. His name is Pastor Childs. And you guys are going to have to forgive me because I, I don't remember a lot of the names in the movie. It really wasn't important either. There weren't many people in the movie to begin with. It, it was really set up like a documentary. So there are cameras that are following him and his wife. So that's Regina Hall's character. And ironically enough, I remember her name because her name was Trinity, right? So we know in the Christian faith, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So I thought that was very interesting how they set that up. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> but as the pastor, he has pretty much lost his congregation. He had, you know, a mega church, so hundreds to thousands of members of his church. He was this dynamic pastor with all of this money and all of this fame, etc. 
he was accused of sexual misconduct with young boys in the church. And it's so funny to me because it's not necessarily clear that that's what it is. Like no one ever comes out and outright says it, but it's implied. And if you're a black person who has any familiarity with the black church, it makes sense to us, which I thought was crazy and scary. The fact that we don't even need to be told straight up what it is. We already know what it is. Why? Because it's so familiar to us. Crazy, right? But we'll, we'll talk about that later. But that's the premise of the movie. So they're following him and his wife's journey on trying to regain membership of their church after him being accused of sexual misconduct. And we do see him in the movie settle with these boys. So he, I guess it's kind of saying he didn't do it. But to me, a settlement, I don't know. You can take that how you want, but that's kind of the purpose of the movie. A lot of it, you can take how you want to take it, but it's clear as day to me. So just to go into a little bit of the pastor's personality, he is very, or I'll say overly confident that it'll all work out, right? He's like, by God, anything is possible. I'm going to get my church back. I'm this amazing guy who, who is of faith and power. There's no way people will leave me stranded out here, regardless of what I did. So he's very boastful, very proud, very determined to get his membership back while his wife is begrudgingly following along with whatever he says to be the supportive wife, right? So again, being that myself and hopefully many of you in the black community know, the first lady has a lot of weight on her shoulders as well, right? She's expected to act a certain way, look a certain way, dress a certain way, even sit in a special place in the church, regardless of if she's comfortable with that or not. The wife is supposed to be the supportive person of the pastor, regardless of what he does. So she is very extra with it, no matter how uncomfortable she feels. And they show it on her face. She never says anything, but clearly she isn't happy. Clearly she's uncomfortable with it, but she's doing the godly thing and being that preacher's wife standing by her man. There was this one scene where she was in the mall shopping. Again, she's uncomfortable with the camera. She doesn't even like this thought of them following them around so everyone can see their journey. But again, she's going along with it. So she's at the mall looking at church hats. And I believe the hat was somewhere around $2,000. So again, I, I love the obscurity of this movie. It's one of those, if you know, you know, right? If you grew up in the church, you know, if you're a black person who grew up around people in the church, you know, so you get it. They don't have to come out and say it. You just see what it is. So one hat, again, it was about 2000 or so dollars. And, you know, they're just talking to her. There are other people who are seeing her and they're all the pastor's wife. And of course, with his reputation in the public, they're treating her funny, acting weird around her. So my personal opinion, because again, it's not clear, it shows two things. One, she can let them know, yes, I can still afford, afford to buy this hat, which is another thing in the black community, right? 
you have to put on that face. You have to act like nothing's wrong. Act like you're still all good, fine and dandy. And two, it showed me that she likes the money that comes with her husband being the pastor. To a certain degree, she likes the fact that she can get this church hat that's $2,000. And then it's a scene later on where she wears the hat and he doesn't like it. It's just so funny. The writing, though it wasn't anything deep. Again, this was not a deep movie, but the fact that it was a satire and the way they played on certain things to me was brilliant. It, it was just brilliant. And you have to understand the culture in order to get it because I know everybody won't. But I just thought that was a really interesting scene because I couldn't for the life of me understand why she would go along with it. But in that moment, I felt like, okay, she likes to flex. <laughs> she likes to stunt. She likes the money part of it. She likes the show, which a lot of the first ladies do. Let's just put it like that. So eventually on this journey of them trying to win the congregation back, they come up with this idea to stand on the side of the road holding these honk for Jesus signs. So they want people to, you know, honk for Jesus. They're trying to bring awareness to the church and, you know, show themselves to be, I guess, normal people because they're outside on the side of the road, right? And the scenes get more and more awkward. So every time they're out there, uh, they're doing all of these things, almost y'all, like a minstrel show. And again, if you know, you know. The nature of this film brought so many of our skeletons out and put it on screen that it's not even funny. But that's what it felt like, a minstrel show. And there was one part where he literally had her paint her face in white, like mimes that you see that perform in a church, and had her perform a praise dance on the side of the road. I died. <laughs> literally. That part was so funny to me. Now, again, that is because I understand the nature of the movie. I have a different opinion and view of people who are deep in the church that way. And so that's where the comic part of it comes out for me. Now, Bay, he didn't like this movie at all. Just to give you a perspective. And I do feel a lot of people aren't going to like it. His reasoning being because he hates the fact that it makes us look like fools. And it does. One of the questions I asked him was, are they wrong though? Are they lying? And he really couldn't deny that they were. Like, they, this is what, it, what we look like probably to other people. Especially when we start doing crazy things like holding signs up for Jesus on the side of the road. That's just my opinion. You don't have to agree. But again, that's the whole purpose of the movie. So there were a couple of other scenes in this movie that were very uncomfortable. But I love the fact, once again, of the obscure nature of it. The fact that they're not clear about certain things. So one scene, he was actually preaching in the pulpit and at this time they had four members <laughs> so for his four members one being a young girl he literally got undressed in front of the congregation of four 
including his wife. She ended up coming in later to see what was going on, which again is clear to us that she's not in support of the crazy, but that's another scene I died. And I know you're probably like, why? Just because, and I know I'm about to ruffle some feathers with what I'm about to say, <laughs> but a lot of times the pride and ego of some of these black pastors is ridiculous. And to me, it was showing the lengths sometimes that they're willing to go to prove a point. So he's up there with his chest all out in the church. And I couldn't do anything but laugh. There's also another scene where one of the producers, and again, they're being filmed. So one of the producers on set of their documentary during break was in the gym, just kind of shooting hoops, relaxing, taking some time to himself. And the pastor comes in. He starts throwing, you know, well, shooting hoops with him. And it was very awkward doesn't really say too much. And then there they have an interaction. In the interaction, it's clear that the pastor knows this guy is gay. I'm going to say he may be in his late teens to early 20s, just to give you an idea of the age of what I assume him to be. Because again, they weren't clear. And so the interaction was really strange to the point where the guy was like, I have a boyfriend. And again, I love how they don't say things directly. But again, if you know, you know. Again, if you're a part of the culture, you know what it is. So all throughout the movie, there were little scenes where there were boys who would either show up angry with him because he made a promise he couldn't keep to them. It was a lot of little weird stuff. Again, it wasn't direct. But we get the fact that, okay, some of these boys, he re something really happened. Again, it's very secretive on whether it was sex, whether he was paying them off, whether it was something that he wanted them to do for him. It was just a lot. But one of the things my boyfriend didn't like, again, was that he felt like it made us look like fools. And all I could say was, is this not real life, though? Maybe not from our personal experience, but do we not hear stories like this all the time, especially in the black church? I'm just saying. It just, it, it pointed out all the stereotypical things we hear or assume about a pastor and his first lady. And this one last scene I'm going to talk about before I just dive in as a whole there was one scene where they're in the bed and he's stressed out because of the case and the lawsuit that these boys have brought on to him. And he can't think clearly. He doesn't know what to do. And, you know, his wife is trying to be sexual with him and, you know, she's rubbing on his chest and she decides to give him head, right. Or to perform fellatio on him. And again, I have to say, I love how, unclear they are about things but what I gathered from that scene was instead of him pleasing her you know having sex with her she is then providing for him in a sexual way now here's the wild overthinking mind of mine because he's been accused of 
sexual misconduct with boys, it is my thought that the correlation is he enjoys oral sex. Typically from boys, but because his wife is there, he, he'll accept it from her. Again, that's how my mind took it. I could be very wrong. I really hope you all go and watch this and we could talk about it because I don't know anyone else who's seen it because I'm sure it'll bring up many different thoughts for many different people. But at the end of the day, they were doing all of this, I believe leading up to Easter Sunday. And I'm sorry that I'm not hundred percent certain because again, I watched this over Christmas break, but they were doing all this leading up to Easter Sunday with the play on, you know, he rose in three days. Right. So we all, again, if you know, you know, so that was supposed to be the lead up when he is risen on Easter Sunday. And that was going to be the day they opened the doors of the church back up after having to close. And it's going to be this influx of people and their lives are going to be back on track. They did all that Easter Sunday came guys and nobody showed up. <laughs> and that's how the movie ended. <laughs> And I'm sorry, like I always hear people say, you just be laughing like this is really my personality too. But I just thought it was so ironic that that's how the movie ended. Is that to say that the, the, and I'm choosing my words carefully if you haven't noticed already, is that to say the black church is over? Is that a metaphor for that? I wouldn't go as far as to say that, but what I do think it show is that a lot of people just aren't there anymore. We're just not there anymore. And I say we, because I am again, one of those people. Now, don't get me wrong. I still go to church. I have a church home and I go because I do believe two things. I believe it is important to respect the beliefs of your ancestors. And when I say that, a lot of our ancestors in the black community, especially believed in this, and we do have to honor them. I also believe it is extremely important for you to get your own relationship with God in whatever way it looks like. Is there just one way? No. And one thing I really can't stand, especially as I'm getting older, is people who criticize, down, shun, and cast people to hell because they don't believe what you believe. Let's talk about how ungodly that is. Like, it literally pisses me off. So now I hope you understand the Beyonce correlation because when that girl got on Instagram and I don't know her name I don't care to know it was, I think it was Tiffany because it was spelled some weird way. But when she, you know, cast Beyonce to hell or whatever. And then Michelle Williams, who we love, came in and talked about that and how you don't have the authority to do that. I loved it because it's a real conversation that needs to be had. And kind of circling back, just, I'm not going to get too deep again in this, but just circling back to Pinky Promise. I thought it was very interesting. And if you look that up, as I mentioned earlier, you're going to go down a deep rabbit hole, trust me, about the lady who started that. And I'm not going to even 
I'm not going to say their names because again, this isn't about them and I don't want it to be taken that way, but they got a lot of scrutiny in the beginning of their journey. Let's say that. And it's so interesting to see where they are now because it's, it's almost as if they get it now. And again, you do your own research on that. But she even said something about the the lady who cast Beyonce to hell too, just talking about she remembers when she used to be that way. Like it, it was just so interesting. And I hate sometimes that it takes us to hit rock bottom before we start realizing and believing and learning that your relationship with God is a personal one. It looks however it needs to look for you. And as long as you keep trying to hold up this facade to please your parents, your pastors, your your church group friends, you're going to always fail. And I'm going to say always in full faith, you cannot succeed if you don't have your own relationship. This is why you can see pastors that molest children pastors that rape women pastors that are all on social media gloating about the money they have that's not a real relationship with god y'all and it's so scary because this religion stuff has some of you all in such a chokehold and i mean it's by the masses it is so scary But if you really want to compare it to something, think about America as a whole. America prides itself on being a Christian bred country. And just look at where we are. Use that as a comparison if you're confused. America is a Christian bred organization. And I'm going to use the word organization because that's what it is. It's interesting when you think about it that way, huh? All the hell on earth that we experience is crazy. When you have school shootings, which is as American as apple pie. Come on, y'all. Rooted in God, we trust, right? But you can't make people learn and read and pick up the Bible for themselves. Instead of accepting regurgitated stuff from people who barely believe themselves. And so when people make a mockery out of it, being us, because there's no one better to make a fool of us than us, because we know the ins and outs of it. I think it's brilliant. Because to me, that's the only way some people can see how crazy they look. I don't know if you guys have seen that meme on Instagram where the lady says her son is like tradition is like being bullied by dead people or something like that. It's actually very funny because a a lot of it is true. And one thing I love about the kids and some of us in my generation, but the ones behind us is that they're so free. They're such free thinkers that I love it. Now we're leaving the world to them is a little scary, (laughs) but 
I love that they are free thinkers because they say a lot of the things that some of us in my generation were afraid to say. Some in my mom's generation won't say and don't believe. And, you know, going all the way back, they would again condemn this little boy to hell for even saying that. But I agree. Now, again, there, there's facts in it. But you do, in my opinion, again, this is a part of my spirituality. I do believe wholeheartedly that you must honor those who came before you. And that is a godly thing to do. And what that looks like, which may be rituals. I just said a a bad word there. How dare I say the word ritual? But there are certain rituals and ways that we pay respect to those who have passed on before us. And again, I hope you picked up on that sarcasm. Because one thing in the Christian community that they love to cast out is rituals in which everything in the church is a ritual. Like it's so crazy. the talking out both sides of the neck. And we all know this to be true. You know, there are a lot of things we can say are contradictory in the Bible. But again, if you don't get your own relationship and you're relying on what other people say, you're going to ruin your own self. You're going to cast your own self out. I feel so bad for those people who feel like they cannot think, live, or breathe on their own because Christianity is being forced down their throats. And if it's not done how I do it or how I taught you how to do it, you're wrong. That is insane to me, y'all. Like, if there was no truth to a lot of this stuff that we like to condemn, it wouldn't exist. Like, one thing I pray for all of us is that we open and free our minds from the chains and shackles of the slave mentality. And that can be across many different levels, but I really want us to be free thinking individuals because in my opinion, that's where peace lies. Peace lies on the other side of that. And I can tell you how I got here because I know there are people in my waking life who I've shared with them. I don't think I consider myself to be religious at all anymore. I'm not condemning the Christian faith, but a lot of them, I don't want to associate myself with. Like, I don't want to rock with that group of Christians because that's not me, nor do I want that to be what people see when they look at me. I want people to see God himself in me. That is what it's supposed to be. You should be able to look at the course of someone's life. Look at the course of someone's spirit, the energy that they give, how they carry themselves. And see that God is good. Because all of this other stuff, that's just not it. And I believe in it all. Like one thing that all these religions and sidebar we have all these religions because people didn't like this part so they took it and made it what they wanted it to be and this one did this and this one did that we're all saying the same things and I know I've said this before but if you look at you know 
Buddha. You look at the, the Jewish community, you look at Allah, all these different names, right? All of these people who believed in treating others as you want to be treated. The golden rule applies across them all. And maybe that's a very simplified version, but it's the truth. If we all lived in treating other people how we would want them to treat us, we would be just fine. Think about it. If we treated one another as brothers and sisters, as people we care about and love, we'd be fine, but we can't do that. And we're stuck in this war with the devil because we really are one. Like we, we hear all the time, you know, that the war isn't with mankind because it's not. It's all mental. It's in your head. Ideas and beliefs. And some of y'all, <laughs> y'all can't even let a thought carry y'all to the next day. It's scary out here. And instead of owning that within self, it becomes a judgment on someone else. All in the name of Jesus, right? <laughs> like, it's so crazy. I love what Michelle Williams said. I would look it up and play it for you, but I don't even want to do that right now. But she's right. We're so worried about everybody else that we're ignoring the demon within us. And we all have them. And who are we to tell other people what's right and what's wrong? Seriously. And I believe in it all. <laughs> because again, we wouldn't know what these things are if they didn't exist. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I believe in tarot cards. I believe in crystals, astrology. All of it. I do. And what does that make me? You can put me in whatever box you want to put me in. But one thing I am secure and strong in is my faith. And I can assure you it looks nothing like yours. <laughs> but I've heard the voice of God and brought myself to God and developed a relationship with him to where I don't care what any of you would have to say about it. I know my relationship and I have one. And again, I suggest you get one as well. Or we're going to end up like that end of the movie. No one's going to be there. Going to be all alone. Honking for Jesus, right? <laughs> Like, I, I love that, y'all. I'm sorry. I wouldn't say this was an amazing movie or anything. But again, I love the play and the exaggeration of what we already know to be true in the black community. And you can hate me for saying it, but it is what it is. It took me hitting rock bottom, questioning God, being mad at God and not understanding him to truly get to know him in the way that I need to. In a way that's beneficial for me. Because my life path is very different from yours. But you don't truly know God until you've been mad as hell at him. And said it out loud. Not because you're too scared you're going to be condemned to hell because of it. I don't think we have a good understanding of who he is. Or Jesus. Because from what I read, he was amongst the people. He wasn't shacked up, tooting his nose up at people didn't 
who didn't believe what he believed or acted like he acted. I don't know who that person is y'all created. And I had to laugh because I feel like I've said this before, but I feel like that show Black Jesus that used to come on Comedy Central was another thing that was genius. It was genius. And you know, it, it got a lot of backlash in which anything that goes against Black standard, you're going to get black backlash. It just is what it is. But I love that show because to me, I think it's a good depiction of Jesus being a regular person and not people who want to think they're God like some of our, our Christians do walking this earth. Like It's amazing, y'all. And I see it so often, especially in the line of work I do. It's insane. And it's so irritating. Because you know this is what they're pushing on the next generation and the next generation. Where you're having a system of people who are killing themselves because they can't take the pressure. A system of people who can't be themselves because they're too afraid of being judged. It's crazy out here, y'all. And it's, it's so, so sad too, because again, I do feel a lot of this is a mentality that has been forced on us and I'm gonna wrap it up because I, again, I don't really want to get too, too deep in it anymore. Go do your own research, go read, please, for the life of me, do that. But I do implore you all to go back. And and just think about some things. Think about what did our people believe before we were introduced to Christianity? Go look into the pyramids in Egypt and why a lot of it was erased from our history and from our memory. Here's the real kicker. Why do you think Even now, in 2023, they're trying to erase our history. They're trying to do it again, y'all, right before our eyes. But we're so blinded and caught up in other stuff that we don't even care anymore. It's insane. They're literally showing us and telling us right now they don't want us to exist. And we're going to have thousands of people who are going to agree with it whether we believe it or not we have a bunch of black people in our community and culture who go along with the masses because they don't know how to think for themselves it just is what it is and they're self-hating i don't know just some food for thought y'all it is very scary But as for me and my house, I'm not concerned because I have a relationship. I'm trying to live the the life as closest to peace as I can get. And I really pray the same for you all. And if you don't do anything else for me today, please read and read for understanding. Please get your own relationship with God. 
whatever that may look like to you. And please be open to a different perspective. You don't know everything. I don't know everything. None of us do. We're not always right, y'all. And maybe this is one area we got wrong. And it's a big one. A very, very big one. But please, if you get a moment, check out Honk for Jesus. I thought it was very interesting. I would love to chat more about it. Laugh at it, whatever may come up. And I would, again, love to hear a different perspective from you all. Going to go ahead and wrap this up. Have a good one. Make sure you pray tonight for healing and understanding. Please. (laughs) Please. And do it for you, not for anybody else. And I'll talk to you guys again very soon. Bye.